I'm Tom Morello, host of Maximum Firepower, a weekly podcast focusing on the music, the moments, and the movements that have shaped my worldview and left an indelible mark on me as an artist and activist. Correct with Maximum Firepower. You and me. This is Tom Morello's Maximum Firepower. I'm Tom Morello. This is Maximum Firepower. My guest today is the wonderful and great and talented Steve Vai. Hi, Steve. How are you today? Hey there. I'm doing very well. It's always lovely to talk with you. And today we're, we're doing this, this round of Maximum Firepowers. We're doing compiling top 10 lists. Um, so each of us have picked our five favorite individual guitars of all time from the history of guitars and we're going to tell you why we like them that's it that's the parameters of the conversation so steve i'm gonna let you kick it off what's your what's a guitar on your oh, list yeah jimmy page's double neck that gibson double neck i mean when i saw that as a kid it was uh it, it just seemed miraculous you know mystical and plus he played stairway to heaven on it and the song remains the same and all these things and uh it just seemed so practical you know, and it kind of, in my mind, it launched my sort of love affair for multi-necked stringed instruments. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah I had never, I'd never seen a double neck guitar before. Like, I don't know that anyone had ever seen a double neck guitar before. And of course, it was the wizardly Jimmy Page who was to, you know, introduce that to the world. And then he's playing Stairway to Heaven on it. Right. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. Yeah. I think people don't realize how little we were aware of mm -hmm. a guitar with two necks. I right. mean, nowadays, you know, you, you, they got them going like this. Yes, there's, there's no limit to the number of necks on, 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 right. on guitars, but yeah, at the time. And then I remember just like, you know, staring intently, like, okay, one of those has more strings than yeah, the other yeah, one yeah. too. Like what could yeah. that, what could that possibly, I didn't know a 12 string guitar existed. It's like, what could that possibly even mean that he's got? Yeah. <laughs> and then like watching to see when he switches. Right. You know? Yes. Yeah. And, and, and the, the total changes between that's a huge. And, you know, with his kind of small frame, you know, his sort of frail, cool yeah. frame and that huge guitar was a I mean, it was just it was mind blowing. Especially when it was holding like this going. Oh, da -da I mean, da -da almost, as, almost as if he knew. <laughs> oh, he knew. Oh, he, he knew. knew. He knew. Yeah, he knew very well. All right. So my my uh, the first one on my list is the Randy Rhodes polka dot guitar. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. the um, that was the poster that I had had on my wall when I was practicing eight hours a day. It was Rhodes. Um, insistence on like musicianship first. He was a musician first and a rock star second. And that really appealed to me. My great uncle had been a, a violinist in the Chicago Symphony Orchestra for 40 years. So I'd seen him playing around the house and there was something in the Randy Rhodes interviews and something in his playing, which really resonated. It was less about, he was less a person that seemed like he was not about the occult and drugs, but he was about like really being great. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at the same time, he had this kind of style and flash and a polka dot guitar, which was kind of antithetical to, you know, the wizardry and dragons and evil of the metal music that I enjoyed at the time. And I love that juxtaposition of this guy that could just play his ass off. Yeah. Had this kind of classical and technical musical underpinning and yet had this fun guitar that was you know, was not like evil at all. That was yeah, yeah. It's interesting because when I think of that guitar, you know, one of the things about Randy that you were touching on, there was a certain kind of a class and a musicianship. Yes. That that he embraced, and his interests were classical music. You know, he he yeah. actually studied conventional classical music, yeah. and then you know you you imbue a metal mind minded guitar player with those tools. That's right. 
And it flowed into all that great stuff he was playing. And that guitar, whenever I see it, it represents what he did in a sense of introducing a whole different kind of musical atmosphere into metal. Yeah, that's know? right. And that that's was right. the guitar. So Yeah, that did it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your number two was Jimi Hendrix's Strat Burned in Miami and Given to Zappa. Yeah, yeah. As the story goes, there was uh, Jimmy had done a show in, in Miami and he had burned his guitar and did the whole bit. And a tech had given somehow the guitar made it to Frank. Mm-hmm. And when it, you know, it was all burnt, it had the you could see where the lighter fluid hit the uh, pickup covers and stuff. Wow. Yeah. But Frank had, you know, very little uh, celebration that it was Jimmy's guitar. You know, for Frank, it was a guitar. Yeah, yeah. And he wanted it and it looked cool because it was burnt. And Frank kind of tore it apart. All the parts were kept. But then he would start putting all these things in it, like parametric EQs and just changing out the pickups, changing all sorts of things. And the guitar toured when I was touring with Frank and it was actually my backup guitar. Oh, wow. So I, I I got to play it, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. When the Jimi Hendrix then. guitar is your backup guitar, you know you're in the rarefied air. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's a it's an iconic instrument. It's beautiful. And Dweezil uh, has it now. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a great story. That's, I yeah. have no idea about that one. My number two is going to be the Joe Strummer. That had the sticker on said, ignore alien odors. And that was that was my college poster on my wall and it was and it was really like sort of you know it was in the sort of the woody guthrie tradition of the this machine kills fascists you know writing something on your guitar that's sort of poetically indirect and yet mm-hmm. it's punk rock at the same time and it really just set my imagination on fire there nice it was just how like, that works yeah, yeah it was just like it was the guitar that i thought he was a guy you know he always said he always downplayed his own musicianship he said it's either six strings or no strings at all you know like that's <laughs> his, his last name strummer was accurate you know yeah um, yeah yeah you know yeah. <laughs> was accurate and so i would those are sort of the two ends of the spectrum for me one was like sort of the brilliant technique and the flash of the randy Rhodes side and then sort of the this guitar which looked like it had been run over by several tour buses and yeah. yet was created my favorite songs from my favorite band so yeah that, and yeah. it's funny you know you notice how we we give albums when we have the vinyl and we have all the packaging we give it the music sort of the personality of the album cover. Sure, you know? sure, absolutely. I, I, guitars are like that too. And it's it sounds like that guitar, when you hear it or when you see it, you hear the chords. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. All right, so your <laughs> next choice here, sir, is Brian May's Red Special. Yeah, that captivated me when I was a kid because I was a huge, huge Brian May fan and still am. And he, the story... I didn't even believe it was true, but it was true that he had built this guitar when he was like 17 with his dad. Like with his dad. Yeah, that's what, yeah. 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 And then the neck was just like a piece from the fireplace, you know, that they carved out. And and I've had discussions with him about this guitar because it's always fascinated me, the detail. And to this day, how many years? It was 50, 60 years yeah, or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's still intact. It still has all the, you know, the same, be probably replaces some things but it's the tone of that guitar that has painted our childhood you know of course has changed the the whole there's not there's nothing like it his there's nothing like it yeah yeah you know and and that guitar and i remember talking about like sitting around the rainbow and chatting (laughs) when i first moved out to i I couldn't have been here more than a week you know and now i was just in 
high school and then college. I'm 20 years old and I'm living right around the corner from the rainbow, uh-huh. Fairfax. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I go up to the rainbow and there's Brian Mace standing at the bar. I, could, I couldn't believe my eyes. Oh and my gosh. I went and I, I just, I said, you're Brian May. What's going on? I can't believe it. <laughs> you you're know? Brian May. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's, and he was so kind. I got to tell you, Tom, he was wow. the kindest. He invited me, this kid to a queen rehearsal. Did you and go? I actually, I went and I'm watching queen rehearse and there it is. There's the guitar. And I'm looking at it and I'm, I'm like, that's it. And he's, he's, that's it. Yeah. And he said, you want to play it? No, he did not. Yes, he did. He did not. And I said, well, let me think about it. real. Yes. Yes. And I, 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 it's really hard to play, you know, Mm, because mm -hmm. the action is really low and the, and I'm playing it. And to my chagrin, it didn't sound like Brian May. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It sounded like Steve Vai, you know, and it's like. I want Brian's tone. Yeah, you want to tie your mother down with that thing, yeah, right? You want yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's his touch and everything yeah. that just makes it. But that guitar is just... Wow, that's that's yeah. amazing. Is, is, was his dad a luthier? I mean, did they just, like, read a manual to do that? Or, like... Well, you know, Brian eventually studied astrophysics. Yes, yes, So I yeah, guess yeah. that... that some that... scientific mind was behind all of that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Wow. He could probably have figured out anything. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's amazing. All right, so my next one is the Eddie Van Halen Frankenstein guitar. Yeah. You know, as far as guitars of legend go, it's about as legendary as it gets. And yeah. of course, this guitar, you know, when we first heard about it in the Midwestern suburbs, it was... In some ways, like Henry's was from another planet, but Eddie was like of a different DNA. He had yeah. built this guitar and it looked crazy. And it, and, yeah. it, and it sort of defied all the things that were supposed to be awesome about guitars. You needed a lot of knobs on your guitar and you needed your guitar to look great and smooth and flashy. And his guitar looked like a piece of crap that he, had, you know, crap. <laughs> that he had somehow sewn together. And then the coup de grace for that guitar was it had one knob volume one knob. <laughs> it had one knob yeah and i was like whoa yeah I mean, you know, and it scene. had a quarter a quarter to hold the whammy that's, bar from going i mean the the whole history of rock and roll might have been different if he had different change in his pocket that day what if it, <laughs> what if it had been a nickel what might what might eruption what might eruption have sounded like if it had been a nickel instead we'll never oh, know it would have been we'll 15 cents short yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever uh yeah but then so you see you, you know you first you hear van halen with that tone yeah. with his you know his incredible inventiveness and pyrotechnics and then you see the guitar it's like oh we are, we have just turned the page on possibilities here uh, yeah he laid it down it's kind of like when sort of like when grunge came along they didn't yeah. need to wear all of the, the funny that's clothes right. and everything that's right a- and edward's guitar was just the way it spoke volumes but it looked like the cat dragged it and i remember yes. once <laughs> and that was edward you know it was like any means necessary i don't care right. it just has to work right I That's remember right. once I was at Frank's Frank's house, Zappa, and Edward was there, and we were actually jamming. And Edward picked up this guitar that the high E string was buzzing. So there was a screwdriver, like a really long, kind of like green meanie, but it was really long. And he took it and he shoved it underneath the nut and cranked it a little bit. So we're jamming and he's got this guitar with a screwdriver sticking out of it like this far in the neck. Yeah. So it, the yeah. E string doesn't buzz. I'm like, that. that's Edward. Yeah, but that guitar, yeah. Where is that now? Do you know? You know what? I saw it at the Met, at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York mm-hmm. City. They had a, what was the greatest collection of instruments of all time there and it was yeah. it was there with the clapton guitar and with the pink floyd guitar and all these other guitars and then one of the things that i think about these guitars steve is 
you know, having been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and seen the, the thing at the Met with these great guitars is it's a little bit like Toy Story where, you know, like when you turn off the lights at night at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the lights go dark on the Randy Rhodes guitar and they go dark on the on the Joe Strummer guitar. There's something like these were instruments that were as alive as a inanimate object could yeah. possibly be. Yeah. And now they're revered in a way, but there's a, the thing that made them burn hot is not there. I've, I make yeah. a lot of suggestions to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, believe me. And one of them was like, instruments that were Stradivariuses and things like that, think instruments yeah. from the 16, 1700s, are still played by symphony orchestras. And they make mm -hmm. the rounds because they're timeless instruments that mm -hmm. deserve to be heard centuries after they were created. I, w I wonder at some point if you know those instruments too might make their way back into the world. Hey, Tom, you never know. You and I might be jamming on, <laughs> you know, I'm going to claim Page is double neck, okay? Oh, <laughs> I'll take the Frankenstein. Yeah, I'll okay. <laughs> oh my gosh, just imagine, like, I would just be grinning so hard I wouldn't be able to play, play a note out of it. It's funny. <laughs> I'm Tom Morello. This is Maximum Firepower. Uh, my guest today is the great Steve Vai as we discuss our 10 favorite guitars of all time. Your next one I have in front of me is Tosin Abasi's Abasi Guitars. Tell yeah. Us. yeah. The reason I picked that is uh, Tosin, you know, there's, as you know, every generation, there's an evolution mm -hmm. in all fields, all mm -hmm. fields. And, and the guitar field is no different, you know. And I've watched guitars evolve, you know, through the, the, the manufacturing of them, the design, the playing of them. I mean, we see these huge subcultures of these exotically talented young guitar players doing things that are just like, yes. what? Yes. Yeah. And yeah. Tosin is one of those guys, you know, there's just like an extra brain muscle or something. Yes. <laughs> and I've, I've toured with him, you know, and, and he's a dear friend and he's, he's a quiet genius, you know, and that guitar is just such a interesting evolution because when I like when I design my gem, you go for practicality, you go for what your instincts want to have on the instrument. And his this instrument turned out so in line with his technique, his developing technique. It's got the fan frets. It's mm. eight string, you know, mm -hmm. and the way that he plays it. And what happens that's so interesting is when you get an instrument like that in the hands of especially if the hands are the guy that designed it. And then they do extraordinary things with it. There's a, another whole little subculture of people that want to improve upon that. So there's mm. this whole contingent of mm. guys playing and gals playing that guitar. And you can't really do what they're doing on any other guitar. Right, you right, know? right. And that's kind of why I, I chose that, because I, I think it's kind of stand out. Yeah. In, just to see the evolution yep, and how yep, it's, yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's a different kind of, I mean, when it went from the seventh string, certainly did that. And now with that, I've seen you guys play together and it's pretty amazing. Like, yeah, I don't, I, I have to say like, it takes a while to even understand what's happening sometimes. Yeah. There's someone like I'm watching going like, I don't know what, how that's happening. <laughs> well, I watched Tosin and I, I, a part of me feels the same way. Okay. I know, I know what he's doing, but I don't know what he's doing. You know, it's yeah. like the, the timing, you know, the way they're using grooves. And right, right, right. It's so beautiful, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So my, my next choice, and this was a tie here, but I, because I, my number five is, is locked. So I'm leaning towards the David Gilmore Black Strat, mm. you know, but the Prince Purple Rain guitar mm. was a, was also in the, very much in the conversation. But I went with the David Gilmore Black Strat simply because of the songs that it played on yeah. and the, the combination of that that artist and that band and those songs 
and that tone and those so the expressiveness and the beauty and the pain yeah. and the power in those solos that came through that guitar. I had the uh, good fortune to see it when they with the Pink Floyd exhibition was in London. Oh, it was really cool. it was still a part of it, and I saw that. And everybody's, you know, like looking around and taking, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, and <you're> like, like, <laughs> yeah. That like, hold is, on there. Is Nelly. that really the one? And the sure one? enough, it was, you know, serial number 001 or whatever. Unfortunately, you know where that guitar is now? This chafes me to no end. He put all his stuff up for sale a while ago. Yeah. And that guitar sold for millions and millions of dollars. Five to the, million, I heard. Five million. To the owner of the Indianapolis Colts. So the guy who owns the Colts and his teenage son are sitting ar <laughs> are sitting around with the guitar that recorded animals, you know. Well, they, like, well, as long as they don't stuff it under the bed, you know. I know as long as they don't stuff it under the bed, but I mean, like that should be, be in somebody else's hands. It sh at it's got to be in a museum. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. that's uh, uh, yeah. I know. They, I I hear you on that one. That black strats when I was a kid were like just they had so much mystique. Yeah, and I had I had a poster of him playing that on the wall yeah. and. The guitar becomes a different thing that I mean, you know, when it all of those notes that affected us yes, flowed through it. Absolutely. You know? All right. Uh, and your number five is yeah. the Tom Morello's Arm the Homeless guitar. I see that. That's on the list right. Here. Because yeah. that is an iconic instrument. And I've been watching it since you first started appearing. And we're talking about a lot of guitar heroes here and a lot of guitars. But your contribution is uh, so powerful and you're you know I've 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 mentioned this all before I just am so appreciative and that guitar it's it's miraculous to me that all of those sounds and I remember you told me once that that is the one you use and there's one head that you use and I just thought and I listened to the records and I'm like what there's so much dimension there's so much depth in it and it's and obviously it's the way you play and it's the it's the attitude and the intention that's flowing into the instrument. But again, the instrument creates an iconic imagery in our mind that is enduring and, and, and deep, you know, because mm. we, we, we see the, these things and it's just we're there again. You know, mm. we're listening to that music. We're yeah. hearing that music and all of the tones that have flowed through that guitar and all of the, the concerts and and the way that you've been able to make that guitar fit into all the projects, the different yeah, projects, sure, and get the dimension of sound out of it with with the way with your unique particular approach is worthy of the pantheons of historical guitars. <laughs> well, my thanks, brother. Steve. That's really absolutely that's, that's so kind. I mean, and that, and that guitar really is you know it is an island of misfit toys guitar i think that we've discussed this before but i yeah. bought it you know why at I performance you, at performance guitar because yeah. of you because of what? you Be yes because you're a guitar had performance at the top so when i got my first check from working my job as a scheduling secretary for a united states senator i went to performance guitar and i said i would like to make a guitar here and then uh, unlike you, yours mine came out horrible you know you check the you know this is the kind of wood and this is the kind of uh, frets. I didn't know anything. So I just was like sort of randomly checking boxes and I got the crappiest guitar you could possibly imagine. And so, <laughs> and so, and so the only thing that remains for, it wasn't really their fault. It was my fault for sort of making all the uninformed choices. Were they choices. really wrong choices though? I well, mean, they, no, no, but, but so, so I changed the, the only thing that remains yeah. for that performance guitar is the piece of wood. 
It's the body. I, yeah, it's, I, the, I, it's I, the body. Yeah, it's the body. So, but anyway, then, and, and I'm a creature of habit. And then once I kind of had my version of it and kind of gave up trying to get your sound or Randy Rhodes sound or Nuno Betancourt sound or whatever, I just like, I'm stuck with this sound. So I decided to sort of apply my creativity to that. Well, you and certainly did, my brother. And it's vast. Yeah. And it continues. You're still, yeah, absolutely. have you it's, veered from using that? I have other guitars that I use, but that guitar has appeared on 22 out of 22 records that I've oh made. Oh, my God. And any time I've played a show that has an electric guitar in it, it's been there from Springsteen to Rage to Audio Slave to my own shows. It's uh, yeah. It's well, the only there. reason it's not in a, a museum yet is because you're still playing <laughs> i did get i did i have received offers from billionaires for it too like some i don't guy, doubt it. some guy called me up and i'm like no dude like I'm, that's the, this is my axe <laughs> i'm still be, playing it's it. a working instrument right now yeah so, anyway yeah. so i i chose a steve Vai guitar for my number five i don't know where this guitar is because you here's the thing like you have multiple iconic identifiable Steve Vai guitars throughout your career. Beautiful guitar. The one that I first flipped my switch when I became a fan was the, it was a little Island of Misfit toy. -y. It was green and it had like some yeah. pink on it. And, and it was like, meanie. it looked with the green meanie. Is that, is that what the name? Yeah. yeah. And, and it just looked like, cause we have the Eddie Van Halen guitar that looks like it's, it's weird, but this guy has his, has his own universe of, abilities and innovations and is you know coming for the throne with his own version of that thing which is this green meaning guitar so tell me about that guitar and um well that was uh you know uh, when i was young i loved strats because they had the whammy bar but i didn't like the tone I and i liked les paul's because of the sound but i didn't it didn't have a whammy bar and yeah. you know that kind of thing so i always kind of didn't have exactly what i wanted and when i was working with frank he would just pull things together and do whatever he wanted. And I thought, well, I can, I can have something built, you know? So I joined Alcatraz. Yes, and yes, I yes. really needed something with some humbuckers. And Edward had come out with, uh, you know, the Frankenstein. And it, it was probably one of the first super strats, as they called yeah, them, yeah. you know? So I went down. I, uh, uh, the guys from Alcatraz took me down to Grover Jackson's Charvel. Yes, yes, yeah. And I said, you know, I need something. And... Of course, n nobody had anything with 24 frets and all of the things that I ended up doing to that guitar. But uh, he gave it to me. It was a sunburst Charvel kind mm. of super strat thing, mm -hmm, you know. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I had Elwood Patrick Francis as my tech that, around then. He's playing bass now for ZZ Top. Wow. And he was great. He would take care of the guitars, but he would he would do all sorts of weird things to them. You know, one of the things I did was uh, that was the first guitar that I hacked out the... Um, below the uh, bridge so that you could pull up. I could pull up on, on the, the bar. Whammy bar. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh -huh. then uh, Elwood stripped it and painted it day glow green and put all these funny stickers and stuff yeah, on it. Yeah, like, like, like the uh, uh, things that are on the back of a bicycle, you know, like the yeah, reflect, yeah. reflectors and things. Yeah. yeah, and I used that. That was the, the main axe all through, well, the Alcatraz, Dave Roth. And uh, it, then when I got to Dave, I needed more guitars yes and that's a that's a it was a good sounding guitar i recorded like eat em and smile and yeah. a lot of skyscraper with that and then um the the sound i you know i was just moving into some different things i wanted the 24 fret and 
you know, I, we shaved the cutaway so you could reach up in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it worked good for a while. I think right now it's in uh, it's in a museum, probably, I, I think, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum. Oh, great, great. It's great. been there for uh, a while. Yeah, yeah I, I, I would love to see. I'll, I'll, I'll make a trip to Cleveland. So I would love to see. I'd love to be in a room with that one, too, because that was oh, just okay. such an icon. I mean, it really was kind of like the birth of a new era. It wasn't mm-hmm. just like, cause, you know, because Eddie was very iconic and then there was Randy Rhodes and then all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, like there's no telling what might happen next, you know, <laughs> with a guitar like that in the hands of a player like that. And then some crazy guy comes out with Dayglow Green. I know, I know, I know. No, it, was, no, no, it really was like the sky, the sky was, is, that's, the, that's the guitar from the Yankee Rose video, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was what I well, first saw. Thank you for Amazing. choosing that guitar, Tom. Oh, of course. No, that was a that guitar was a big deal for me. Yeah. Well, Steve, thank you so much. This has been our top oh. ten list, and I really pre- I know anytime we can sit, we don't need to record. I'll sit at the rainbow with you anytime to discuss any <laughs> a top ten anything that has to do with music or whatever else. It's just always uh, always a real pleasure. And, it, uh, it is. It's always a pleasure, Tom. Thanks for the invite, brother. Anytime, my, my, anytime you need me, man. Okay, thanks, man. Have a great I, day. All you right, too. lots of God love. Bless. Cheers, you, you too. too. Bye. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. I'm Tom Morello. This has been Maximum Firepower. Thanks so much to Steve Vai. Always great chatting with him. Until next time, brothers and sisters, take it easy, but take it. Let foes of justice tremble. This has been Tom Morello's Maximum Firepower. Hear this episode again or listen to past shows right now on the SiriusXM app. Search Maximum Firepower. Firepower.